when life gets crazy, it's not up there, is it? It is. When life gets chaotic, go home. When life gets crazy, when life gets chaotic, go home. Raise your hand if you've ever had a crazy week. Okay, for the three of you who are not raising your hand, I want to hang out at your house. We all have crazy weeks, right? This is a crazy time of year, is it not? Teachers, towards the end of May? I mean, <laughs> you just you can't even say anything. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Parents, the end of May, you guys are almost as frazzled as the, as the teachers. I, t- I talked to a few people this past week who have just had Let's just say it, chaotic, crazy weeks. One, one of these people, um, they had some injuries in home, some sicknesses in the house, uh, and they also had a family member get sick, and his family member's across the country, and they can't do anything about it because they're here and the other family member's there. The same household is going through some, some job questions, and it's the craziest time of season for them in a current job. And by the time this person got done telling me about their week, I was worn out just listening. Now, for some people, you feel the craziness of life when you're about to travel. Or is that just me? Anybody else feel it? When you're about to travel, you start thinking, okay, who do I have to tell what? And I don't forget to tell who to how to tell. You see what I'm saying? You start making a list, and then you forget where you put your list because you were remembering where to dog setters, house setters, who's mowing the lawn. You got to tell the neighbors that you're leaving, your relatives you're leaving. It gets crazy. I had one of those weeks a couple of weeks back. I was traveling. I had a little incident with a finger and surgery. And Monday, Tuesday, went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to Portland. Was home Saturday. Traveled again Sunday and Monday. Oh, oftentimes when I travel, before I even leave, I want to go home. Somebody say amen. 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 Oftentimes when I travel, before I even leave, I want to go home. I found that in John chapter 14 that we read earlier, I think Jesus is in a very similar place. You see, I think he's about to go on a trip. If you're one of our online listeners or you're listening to our podcast, push pause right now, read John chapter 14, and then come back. For us, we heard that entire chapter read earlier, and you know what I'm talking about. Jesus is about to go on a trip. He says it in verse 28. He says, remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. You see, he's going on a trip, and what I see all of John 14 being is Jesus trying to remember what to tell the disciples so that when he goes, they're going to know what to do. Did you catch everything he talked about when we read this earlier? He's talking about mansions or rooms in heaven. He's, he's talking about himself being the way. He's talking about the power and effectiveness of prayer. He's talking about his relationship with Jesus, with the Father. He's talking about his own works. And all this just in John 14. Jesus' dialogue goes on to John 15 and John 16 and John 17. He knows he's going away, and he's telling them, you guys got to remember this. Okay, don't forget this. This is how it's going to be, and then I'm going to come back. And you got it all? Jesus was about to have a crazy, chaotic week. So what did he do? He started talking about home. He started talking about home. And I want to say when things get crazy, when things get chaotic, go home. We see that beginning in our text in the first few verses of John chapter 14. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. 
There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would I have told you I'm going to go and prepare a place? When everything else is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Now, had this been the only mention of home in this chapter, we would have spent the rest of the morning talking about home being a heavenly home and looking forward to getting there. But that's not the only mention of home in here. I don't know if you saw it, but in verse 23, Jesus brings it up again. He replied to Judas, who asked him a question. He said, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. In verse 2, in my Father's home, there's more than enough room. And in verse 23, my Father and I will come and make our home in you. This morning, as I'm talking about going home, I hope that you realize that I'm not talking just about going to heaven. And I hope you realize I'm not going to talk about just going to your physical address, whether you live in Garland or Mead or Cheney. When I'm talking about home, I'm talking about a place deep within, a place where heaven meets earth, a place where the God who loves you so much and will do whatever it takes to be in relationship with you, this place where he beckons you to, I'm talking about a place in here. I'm talking about a place of abiding. Tim mentioned that in his prayer. A place of abiding. Now, if you know these four chapters in John well, John 14 to 17, you know that the word abide in our English language didn't come up until verse in chapter 15. But the idea shows up in the two verses we've seen so far, verse 2 and verse 23. The Greek for home literally means an abiding place. So listen to these two verses that way. Jesus said, there is more than enough room in my Father's abiding place. And verse 23, when we come and make, we, we will come and make our abiding place in each of them. From here on out, when I say go home, I'm talking about that place you seek out, that place you find, that place you go to where you can abide with God. Judah Smith is a pastor over in Seattle. He wrote a book titled, How's Your Soul? And on page four, uh, after talking about doing all the traveling that he does and, and the joy he has of coming to his physical home, he asks a loaded question. He said, when was the last time your soul was at home? When was the last time your soul was at home? I think he's talking about the same type of home that I'm talking about this morning. Now, as I spent time wrestling with that question, as I spent time thinking about the idea of abiding in God, I realized that I just can't explain that. The term abide, I mean, it... We hear it in church all the time. We're comfortable with it. When we say we're going to abide in God, we think, yeah, that's a great idea. But can we really explain it? Do we really understand it? Would Ryan across the street know what we're talking about if we went up and said, hey, Ryan, who have you been abiding with lately, man? You say, what? So instead of talking about abiding with God, I'm going to talk this morning about going home because we know what it's like to be at home. For most of us, it's a place of safety. 
It's a place where we can let our hair down. It's a place where we can put our jammies on and just be. It's a place where we can laugh, a place where we can cry. It's a place where we're comfortable. That is the place where I think God wants us to be with him. So as I say, when life gets crazy, go home. That's what I'm talking about. Now the question is, how do you know when you get there? Anybody know? How do you know when you're home with God? See, I think our text gives us some hints. doesn't blatantly say it, but I think it gives us some hints, and we'll look at four of those. I think the first way you know your home or closer to the home is that your focus becomes more and more on Jesus. No matter what you're doing in life, your focus becomes more and more on Jesus. You may have noticed when I read all of John 14 that Jesus talks a lot about himself. Yes, he points to the Father a lot, but he also points to himself. A couple of snippets. Verse 1, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Verse 3, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. Verse 18 and 19, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. I'm not pointing these out to show you how narcissistic or self-focused Jesus is. I'm pointing these out because I think that when we are home or closer to home, our focus shifts to Jesus. It shifts to what Jesus has done in the past. It shifts to what he's currently doing now. It shifts to what he could do in the future. And listen, the way to get home, Jesus tells us in verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Most often we take that verse and we say, well, that's what Jesus is talking about getting to heaven, which is true. Okay, that's 100% accurate. He's the only way to get there. But I also think he is the only way for us to get home now, for us to find that place now. I am the way, he says. So when you're getting close to home, your focus becomes more and more on Jesus. You guys have been around the people who try and force Jesus in every conversation, right? When you are closer to home, it's not forced. It's natural. It's just there. You have a good interaction at work and your inner smile comes out. Someone lets you in on the bumper-to-bumper traffic, and the first thing you do is wave, and you say a little, God, Jesus, thank you for them. You have a friend that calls you and is broken and hurting because you're home when it's hard, too, and your first thought isn't, what can I do to go and fix it? It's, what can Jesus do to go? And maybe, maybe you say, hey, can I pray for you? But maybe you don't. When you're home, the focus on Jesus is not forced, but it's there whether life is good or whether it's challenging. So when life gets crazy, go home. Now the second way you're going to know you're getting closer to being home is that you're going to start acting like the one you are home with. You're going to start acting like the one you are abiding with. I think we've all seen this take place. If you hang out with somebody long enough, you start having their mannerisms, their language, right? If you send your kids to grandpa and grandma's house over the entire summer, they come back talking like grandpa and grandma. 
right? Maybe they hug you a little bit like grandpa and grandma. You know what I'm talking about? If you're with somebody long enough, you start acting like them. We see this in our text in two ways. First, we see Jesus acting like the Father. We see this in verse 24. Jesus says, remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. He says something very similar in verse 10 and 11. Don't believe that I am from the Father and the Father is in me. Well, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Same thing in verse 7. Jesus says, if you had known me, you would know my Father. I love how one commentator puts it. They said, Jesus brought God's accent. Brought his accent, his message, his mind, his heart to humanity. In the story of the Gospels, countless times we see Jesus sneaking off to pray going away to be with his father. He was going to be home with his father. And the reason he can say the things I do are what my father tells me to is because he's home with his father. Now he says the same thing for us. When you spend enough time with Jesus, you're going to start to act like Jesus. Verse 12, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the father. Now, I know that's a huge verse, and we could spend a month unpacking it, but essentially what I see him saying for today's purposes is, look, when you're home in me, you're going to act, think, do like me. Make sense? When things get crazy, go home. So far, we've seen that you're closer to home when your focus shifts to Jesus and when you start acting like Jesus. Now, the next thing, the next reason, the next evidence that you'll know you're getting closer to home is the fact that you start obeying him. Now, this may be similar to the last one, but also slightly different. When you're living in obedience, you know you're getting closer to home. Jesus said in verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 23, all who love me will do what I say. Verse 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Now, you may think that your focus is Jesus. You may even say some of the same words Jesus said in the Scripture, but if you're not obeying him, you're not home. And you're nowhere closer to home. So you may be thinking, well, what am I supposed to obey? Well, what commandments am I supposed to do? James, you see how thick this book is? If we're talking about life being crazy, what if we look at just a couple of the things Jesus said? In John 10, 27, he said, those who know me listen to my voice. So as life gets crazy, are we obeying that? Are we taking time to listen to his voice? In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, if you're tired, if you're weary, like teachers in May, are you bringing your burdens to Jesus because he will give you rest? Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. When life gets chaotic, we tend to worry But if we are obeying Jesus and getting closer to home, there'll be less of that. Countless more things that Jesus said. Bottom line, just read the words that are in red in your scripture and start doing them. Start doing them. Living in obedience is part of going home. 
Now, hopefully by now, you've fully accepted when I talk about going home, I'm not talking about the four walls of your house. You're recognizing that I'm, I'm talking about something deep within your soul. So far, we've looked at if we're closer to home, our focus is on Jesus. We're acting like Jesus and we're obeying Jesus. This final thing is the thing we all will like breathe oh, a little sigh of relief with. When you're closer to home or when you are home with Jesus, there's going to be a peace within you. There's going to be a calm within you. It doesn't matter how chaotic your life is on the outside. And life can be chaotic and there can still be a peace on the inside. Jesus said in verse 27, he said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Last Monday, Abby and I were in Seattle. And before coming back, we stopped at the children's hospital over there to visit a friend. A lot of you know the Kemp family. Uh, they used to go to our church. Uh, he's part of Moody Av Aviation. Last year we did a shoe drive for Aiden, their son. For those that don't know the Kemp family, about three and a half years ago, uh, they've got two kids. Their younger son was a 10-year-old pl uh, boy playing soccer, active in life. And he's uh, that one day and the next day he had transverse myelitis and was paralyzed from chest down. Just like that. And the last three and a half years for this family, life has been chaotic. Life has been crazy. I asked Danielle, the mom, if I could share some of this this morning, and she said yes. So Abby and I were talking, and we asked them, what are, your, what are you longing for? And she looked at us, and she says, I, I just want to sleep in the same room as my husband. It doesn't even have to be the same bed, just the same room. Because they're so used to one being with, with their son here and another being with their daughter here and trying to figure out life. They haven't been in their own house in over two years. They've been house-setting. They were about two weeks out of uh, moving to Alaska to do an internship for, for the husband, and uh, complications from a surgery came up for Aiden again, and that's why they're back in Seattle. And it, seriously, it's, it's, it's scary for them. They're recognizing. They talk to us about the reality that, yeah, he could be fine. But tomorrow, he could be home with Jesus. And what blew me away after that three and a half hours of being with them, we, you know, we always go in with this thought that I'm going to go and bless somebody with some conversation. Three and a half hours leaving, I was the one touched. Because in their rawness, and there's a beautiful thing about a Christian that is raw, in their rawness, they're home. Jesus keeps telling Danielle, hold on, hold on. He doesn't, he doesn't tell her it's going to be fine. He keeps telling her, hold on. And as they talked with us, as they wept with us, they said, we know that Jesus is in control. We don't know how this is going to end, but we know he's in control. There is a peace within them because they are home. It's unexplainable, this peace that comes. And it can happen when life is good. It can happen when life is just plain challenging. Now, how does that peace come to us? Well, Jesus told us it's a gift, right? But it comes to us through the Holy Spirit. He told us that in verse 16 and 17. He said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. 
who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit, and he leads you into all truth. Verse 26, he says, When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And then he says, and I'm leaving you with this gift, peace of mind and heart. Some of the other authors of Scripture call the Holy Spirit a comforter, a guide, a teacher, an advocate. When we are in the chaos of life, those are attributes that we want to be around, right? For sure. When life gets crazy, go home. As I wrap up, I want to make sure I'm painting an accurate picture of home, okay? Because just because you're home with God does not mean life is going to be easy. It does not mean everything's going to be happy, clappy. We even see that in our text. In verse 5, after Jesus was talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm going away and I'm going to come back, we see that Thomas asked Jesus a question pretty confused. In verse 8, we see Philip asking a question, also showing some confusion. Just because we're home, it doesn't mean we won't be confused. It doesn't mean we won't have questions. It just means we're home. Now, being at home is not always easy because obedience is not always easy. In verse 31, Jesus speaks about doing what his father required of him. We know what that was. It was going to the cross. Was that easy? No. But Jesus did it because his father required it, so Jesus obeyed because he was home with the Father. Being at home also means both now and forever. If we had just focused on the forever portion of verses 1 to 4, then I would be able to say it's going to be great because Scripture tells us that. We're going to be in a place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. But right now we're here. Right now we're here. And Jesus tells us, I and the Father are going to come and make our home in you. That's verse 23. So though life isn't easy because we have speed bumps, we have transitions where uh, a grade schooler goes to junior high the next year. A junior higher goes to high school the next year. A senior in high school goes to college the next year. And we don't know what's going to happen in life. We have those transitions. And yet when we're home, there's a peace. So how do we get there? Right? We're seeing attributes. How do we get there? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you know, write a book. I'll buy it and then I'll preach it. Two ideas, okay? Two ideas. These would be take-home points if you want them. The first is this. Ask. Seriously, ask. Ask Jesus. Jesus, I want to go home. Now, I'm not, please, I don't want to do a funeral this week, so that's not what I'm focusing on. But if, if the home that you're hearing is that peace of mind and heart, that home right in here, ask. You know Why? Because Jesus says this in verse 13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So often we take that verse and we think, can I ask God to, 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 to win the lottery? Ask him to be home. I don't know if there's anything else he'd want more than to have you home with him. Here and now. Prayer is simple. Jesus, I've been trying to follow you but I've realized I've been doing this on my own. 
it's chaotic right now. I don't know what life holds for me. Would you bring me to that place of home? Amen. It doesn't have to be fancy. Okay, so that's the first idea. Ask. Second idea is this. It's basic. It's fundamental. We keep coming back to it because it's foundational. Come back to the story of Jesus. If you want to know what it's like to be home, come back to the story of Jesus. Why? Because when you're home, your focus shifts to Jesus, right? You start to act like Jesus. You start to obey Jesus, and Jesus gives you peace. Where are you going to find the story of Jesus? It's right here. Find yourself in there. If you're asking Jesus to bring you to that place of home and you're spending time with him, I'm pretty sure he's going to answer that prayer to be home. No better place than to be at home with Jesus. And I'll tell you, even as somebody who has been following Christ for 34 years, it's not always easy and you don't always find yourself there. But you can come back. And you can keep coming back. And when you realize I'm not there, keep coming back. Because he wants to take you there. I want to finish with the same question that Judah Smith asked in his book. When was the last time your soul was at home? When was the last time your soul was at home? Let's pray. Jesus, so often, I'll admit (laughs) that it is easy to pray that you would take us home to be in heaven. Because it would be so much easier to be past the strife, the struggle, the hardships that life has us in right now. And God, I'll admit there are days that I want to be there with you. But instead of praying that you would take me away from here and now, I pray that you would make your home in me and that you would make your home in each of us. Even if we've been following you for years and years and years, would you make yourself at home in us again today? And God, as you do, may you shift our focus to Jesus. Will you help us act and think and do the things Jesus did? Will you help us obey? And Jesus, would you give us that peace that you promised? Wouldn't it be great, Father, if every single one of us here was home? Help us get to that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.